This is Scott Manley from Iris Divine, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. That's what happened. Yeah, we got stuff in the other. We have standards here and you do not meet them. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for joining us. That's my partner, Rena and Chris. Hello. Hello there. Hello. Where are you located? How are you guys doing today? Good. Great. I'm located in Washington, D.C. Oh, so it's great. You're in, oh, I, I was reading it about that you're in Centerville. So the, I think like most of the band members like live out towards that direction. Like yeah. I'm the one lone person who actually lives inside the district. Oh, wow. I'm so in, is, I'm, I'm in Sterling. Okay. So this is actually our practice space I'm sitting in right now. This is uh, my practice space. I mean, my basement. So, but needless to say, we've adorned the walls with many a band paraphernalia and whatnot. That's so. awesome. And I'm not too far Was it from hard to Richmond? get a place Sorry. in DC that you could rehearse in. Okay. Very good. Was it hard, too hard to what? To to like build a rehearsal space in your basement in DC um, without without pissing everyone off around you. You know, my neighbors are pretty cool, but I, I put some work and effort into you know kind of insulating some stuff and making sure you know I kind of contained it as best as possible. But it is definitely not perfect. <laughs> yeah, I was just wondering. I was like, huh, because DC is pretty. It's like you know, everyone's like on top of each other, basically. Exactly. You know? Exactly. No, my neighbors are super cool about it. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Bruce. Are you want me to jump in or you got it? No, I got it. So I was actually just listening to Sapphire before I came on. Mm-hmm. And it, 30 seconds in, I clicked like, and I, I was just like, holy fuck, this band is like, I didn't really know what it reminded me of. And then I guess the good thing is it didn't remind me of anything, but it gave me that feeling that it reminded me of something. Does that make any sense? It does. That's a nice it's- way to put it. Yeah, it does. I feel like, you know, when Naveed and I had a chance to talk over the song, I remember him talking about some of the guitar stuff. He's like, you know, I'm actually kind of trying to do something. that's kind of very Dinosaur Junior like in this part, especially like in the verses. So like, even though, you know, we kind of, you know, sort of tell, you know, kind of pride ourselves on being like a, a prog metal band, we definitely have a wide range of influences that come into this. And actually, it's funny some of the things outside of the usual spectrum of prog metal bands, like we love like dream theater. We love rush. We love like Haken. We love this whole spectrum of bands. Um, but like a lot of the things we actually also came together on were things that are not, you know, in that sort of arena. So like bands like helmet and bands like quicksand and Snapcase, like those nineties kind of like, you know, hardcore sort of metal bands, you know what I mean? That like, we kind of all gravitated towards, you know, that sort of nineties era anthrax and even like, some more alternative influences like the, he's really now and change, but like dinosaur junior and stuff like that. So it's definitely found its way into, you know, what we're trying to do. I, I absolutely love that because I'm a huge metalhead, but I also love dinosaur junior. Sure. You know, like how can you not? Absolutely. 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 Yeah. I don't know that I know anything about them. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, I know the name, I but I don't think I've heard say, them. Like I'm, I'm just, I, I, just, wait, I, I was I, just sitting here with my poker face. Like, I'm not going to like let them know that I have no fucking idea. Okay, so, apparently I'm supposed to know. <laughs> Before we go any further, I just want to know, were you guys alive in like 1990, yeah, about 1995? Were you alive during that period? So I'm going to tell you, may not be a popular opinion, but that was a pretty shitty time period for me in, in heavy music. I think like after 91, when Nevermind came out, I kind of tuned out to the whole 
90s metal scene until maybe like testament started for me bringing it back in like the late 90s early 2000s okay, okay. there's some gems in there though i was there. go ahead i'm sorry i was actually into wu-tang clan and the grave diggers at that point so nice all right so to be dark really... secrets from Rena's past to be fair i'm an 80s metalhead i grew up in the hair metal scene and then you know that's always had so when nevermind came out that was like you know kurt cobain was the antichrist and just killed all that was good <laughs> <laughs> i'm not a big nirvana fan too but i feel like the 90s have some real there are some gems in there and when you kind of discover them you're like oh that's some pretty great stuff going on so like i love like that first anthrax record with john bush like i think is a solid record from top mm-hmm. to bottom and i think that like you know like we were talking like jay mascus of dinosaur jr like that dude is first of all he cranks it really loud but he just has this way around of like i mean he's really like intense chords but just very melodic but at the same time like super heavy yeah it's weird it's a dinosaur jr is like a pop heavy band it's hard to describe until you listen to it i i dig some of those noise bands too kind of from the 90s like i feel like dinosaur jr is in that route a little bit of um you know i would say like sonic youth but yeah some of that stuff you can i mean there's some definitely some gems in there that we've definitely kind of latched onto. nice so i have a question for you so was that video shot in your rehearsals oh go ahead no no go ahead go ahead finish it up i just I was just wondering, was the video shot in your rehearsal space? No, that was shot in a friend's uh, like barn up in the, uh, up outside of Baltimore. Okay. He had, he had the space and he had been meaning to clean it out anyway, so we gave him a good excuse to clean it out. And he's actually his name is Jeremy Farkas. Jeremy's actually the guy who filmed the video. Okay. And he's a uh, he's he's actually been an integral part of the band. He's been very good with kind of like a lot of our social media stuff and he's kind of been re-engineering our webpage, but he's also the one who shot that video for us and edited it together and everything. Cool. It takes a team to get a band out there. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, it's, it's hard to do on your own. Yes, exactly. So we're really thankful that we have him to kind of like, he's really savvy with a lot of that. So it's great that we have him. He and I have been best friends forever. So it's kind of when I joined the band, sort of like he kind of came in tow eager because he loved Iris Savine as well. So he kind of jumped right into that position right away to, to try to do what he could to help further the band. Yeah, it's pretty rare for me to click like within 30 seconds, but I did. <laughs> I was just like, this is because I, like I said, it reminded me of something, but I couldn't put my finger on it. It just gave me that feeling that it reminded me of something. Right. It, was, it was, I don't even know how to describe it. It's a weird situation. Well, we have. Um, Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just, how do you find like the metal scene in DC? It's an interesting scene. I mean, it's, it's small. I mean, DC is not a very big area, but I would even say like kind of the DC and the surrounding areas, the whole DMV, if you will, area. Yeah. Um, it varies. It seems like there's been this really strong sort of progressive current that's kind of existed here. I mean, you've got a lot of great bands. Like you've got like a sound of thunder, you know, you've got bands like Schumann, you have brave, which is a little further South. Um, and there's, uh, you also have like, um, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the name, but um, um, anyway, there's a bunch of different bands from there. I remember there used to be Red Death was one of them, and it's a wide ranging group of bands. But honestly, I I think it's a really underestimated scene in a lot of ways. I think it probably you know Baltimore like up towards that way, it probably gets a little bit more attention. I think in DC area, I know a lot of people who aren't aware of it, but there's a lot of strong bands. No Moss is another one. Um, darkest hour phenomenal band right but you have a lot of history there too right like bad brains and stuff like that sure 
absolutely. I grew up on that 90s. So again, we were talking about 90s influences, like, or even some of that stuff from the 80s. So like Minor Threat, Bad Brains, all those bands, as well as like, for me, especially like Jawbox, Fugazi, Blue Tip, all those bands that came out of this area. I mean, I think DC's always been a great area for bands in general. It's just, it's unfortunate. It's like that never, never, none of them ever captured like the, the national consciousness, but maybe that's also a good thing too. Yeah, we actually interviewed uh, Schumann mm-hmm. because I sought them out because I heard Memories of Water and I was mm-hmm. just like, what a fucking track. We have to interview these guys. That whole record is amazing. It is. I don't good. know if you've spent the time listening to it, but yeah. I was just like, Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, they're great writers. They are. Best record, I think, yet that they put out. Yeah. Rena? Bruce? I was going to give it to Rena. <laughs> <laughs> Love that little multi-hop. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so apparently you guys gathered the money to make your album with kickstarter how, mm-hmm. how was that was that like a pain in the ass or actually a pleasant experience actually so it's the first time i had been involved in anything like that so um it went really really well i know that they were kind of sweating it a little bit because they've done this before um but it actually went off pretty well i think we were a little there was a little bit of fear that you know because it's been a little while since we made a record you know who's even thinking about us anymore and we kind of blasted it out there. And, you know, even like the night before, um, you know, I know there was conversation about like, should, should we should we bring it down even more? I just don't want to upset ourselves, you know, get too disappointed. And surprisingly, we we far exceeded our expectations. I think we were looking for 4,000 originally. And we got up over 6,000. Wow. Oh, that's good. So that paid for quite a bit of time. It did. It did. Yeah. So that's where did whole, you guys, where did you track? That's a time project though, right? It is. And that's, again, you know, I was making mention of, you know, Jeremy earlier, Jeremy Farkas, he was, uh, he was really instrumental in kind of pushing that along and making sure that it was constantly out there in consciousness so that it was, you know, people were paying attention to it. Right. Nice. So where did you guys end up tracking the record then? Um, we recorded up in, uh, in Baltimore, outside of Baltimore, um gosh tony's gonna hate me for not remembering the name of the studio <laughs> off the top of my head deep end studios deep end studios okay and uh tony corelli he's uh he did a fantastic job so he he engineered the drums we went in for three days and i just kind of slogged it out over three days and then he handled all of the mixing and mastering so uh, brian and navid recorded all their parts separately remember this is still kind of in the midst of the pandemic this is yeah. of, uh, last year when i I finally recorded all my tracks and then they kind of did all their stuff at home and sent it in. He mixed it all, did the mastering and everything. It took a lot of back and forth, you know, just a, just a lot of fine tweaking. He did an excellent job. The drum sounds I was really happy with right off the bat. Uh, but just, you know, a lot of tweaking and, and everything like that. And, um, and that's where we got to where we are today with the record. But Tony did an awesome job. How do you, how do you, how did you feel about working remotely like that? It was weird. So, you know, I joined the band January of 2020, right? Uh, prior, I know the prior drummer, um, you know, Chris, who's a great guy, phenomenal player. And he's been really awesome during this process too, with helping out with stuff, but he had left and, you know, they went through an audition process. So I joined in January. We had like maybe five rehearsals under our belts and then whoosh, everything closed up, Right. you know? And uh, it was basically like, I think like a lot of bands, we had to work on everything remotely but it was just kind of weird because it was like, well, here's my new band and I won't see them now for another God only knows how long. You yeah. know? So like for the next six months, we didn't see each other face to face, but we kept demoing stuff, sending stuff back and forth. We originally had a list of about 12 songs that we were kind of working through, coming up with ideas for. 
And ultimately we narrowed it down to eight songs. And, and during that time, it wasn't like 12 off the bat. They had been working on some material. And then the V just, I think when we got into lockdown, just started kind of writing and writing and came up with some other ideas. It's like, I come up some more stuff. And then we kind of put it to a vote to see what, what we thought was going to be the best material to put out there. And uh, it was, it was crazy working remotely. And, and even we did it over FaceTime. I remember Naveed and I would be playing. There was this one song called 13, which the video is going to be coming out for later this week. It's a, it's, it's kind of an epic prog rock metal tune. And um, so we were working it over FaceTime and I remember there was a delay. So I'd be playing through it and I would be listening for him. And then like, and then on him, it sounded like we were getting off from each other, but for me, we were, sound- so I finally just said, all right, forget it. I'm just going to play this along with the back with, with a track that you demo track and we'll play along with that, you know, and I get to the end and a second later, he did the last one. He's like, all right, that's great. That sounds awesome. You know what I mean? So we, we had to figure our way around stuff like that to just kind of figure out how to do things, but we made it work. We did make it work. We had a couple Naveed and I were get together for a while and do a couple in session things here just to kind of make sure we had stuff tightened up before we went in the studio, but it was a wild process. So were you doing that with electronic drums or real drums and a microphone? Um, kind of, a, when, it's like I was using real drums, but I was, I had triggers set up on them so I could record it directly into, so I'd set up these drums cause I had to do this like late at night and stuff like that. So I had mesh drum heads on my actual drums oh, gotcha. and I had these like rolling triggers and from there I would feed it into a drum brain and then for, for you know, and then to that into my, into logic, you know, the yeah. program and everything. I, I hope that all makes sense to everybody. 100%. Yeah. So that's how I did everything. I triggered all these like symbols, you know, and stuff like that with these, these special types of symbols so that um, if nothing was like super loud, but like I could do it at, like four o'clock in the morning if I needed to or one. Yeah. Yeah. Else. We're using like those. Um, I can't remember the company that makes them. They're like, they put Pizio pickups in the symbols and then the symbols are kind of made in a way that they don't really crash or vibrate. Not exactly. Here, I'll even show you what I got. Whoops, hold on a second. I was using kind of like a, it's like this. Oh, yeah, that's exactly would, what I'm talking okay, about. Okay, all right, yeah. It yeah. would be like something I would attach to it. Like, it's not like a rubber one that has something yeah, yeah, yeah. on the inside. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I built a few kits for people like that. And, okay. and, and I was just like, oh, that's cool. That's cool that you're doing that. Because a lot of people would have just went the trigger route and never... I started off with electronic drum set, but it was really old. And by the time I got like so far into it, I kind of destroyed all the cymbal pads. And I, <laughs> I wanted this to be a much more real experience anyway. So yeah, that's yeah. when I decided I was going to go all in because it looked like we were going to be doing this for a while. So that's when right. I made the choice that I did. How did you and, get- and you're set up now to do it all the time anyways, which is yeah, cool. Exactly. Yeah. How did you get involved with Layered Reality Productions? Because we've done a lot of stuff with Tom and he's been on the show a few times. Yeah, Naveed is the one who really established that context. You know, I, I didn't really have as much conversation with Tom until later on when it came to like the artwork and of course, like doing shipping, receiving of stuff that was coming from overseas here. Uh, Tom's been really great. I mean, he's a nice guy to work with. I think it's funny that it'll be midnight here and he's like, uh, you know, he'll be waking up in the morning. So we'll be emailing each other on opposite ends of the day. Right. Um, but Naveed, I think, is really who made that contact. And I'm not exactly sure how how that all came about, but I'm glad it came about nonetheless. He's been awesome to work with. Yeah, Tom's a great guy. Yeah, he is. He is. Funny guy, too. Yeah. Rena? Um, I got nothing after all this gear porn. I'm sorry. Like, my <laughs> brain just goes, meh, 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 like when that shit goes on. So... <laughs> I don't know. Dude, tell me about your day. <laughs> <laughs> well, my day so far is I, 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 
I don't know. I've, I've got to go to do some stuff like after this, you know what I mean? For um, just for some medical clearances and stuff like that. Not, not for anything that I'm sick for just for work and stuff like that. I have annual stuff I have to do, but what's your day job, dude. I actually work uh, in an, in a, uh, in a hospital operating room. Oh, oh wow. my God. I, I kind of handle like a lot of the technology stuff in the room. I actually manage a group of people. I should say that does it, but like when they go in and they're doing minimally invasive surgery and they're, you know, using the video camera and, and, you know, and stuff like that. Laparoscopy. Exactly. That's what I'm involved in. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. I can't yeah. thank you enough for doing that. Seriously. It, it's an interesting line of work. I'll be honest with you. I mean, it's not something everybody else does, but I've it. nothing kind of really bothers me anymore either. I remember the first time and I knew it one day when they had like somebody's intestines like sitting on this stand and I just looked at it. And I was like, that looks like lasagna. Shit, that reminds me. Oh. <laughs> Love that. Ask anybody, ask anybody who works in that field and they'll all tell you they had that point where they just like, there's just so like blase about it. You know, it doesn't matter. So was there ever a moment, like a queasy moment where you uh, lost your lunch or? Never lost my lunch, but I had a couple moments that kind of struck me a little weird. One of them was uh, there was just this unfortunately quadriplegic gentleman who had like a lot of really bad issues and like just full parts of skin, like eaten away and stuff like that. And it was really bad. And I think the hardest one is like actually when you see children who had a lot of a lot right. of problems. Yeah, I've seen that a few times. And sometimes that's just been really hard to look at. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I bet. But you are doing really important work. So on behalf of Chris and everybody yeah, else, yeah. thank you for doing what you do. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I, I gotta say, I've actually seen the intestines one. I used to work at a funeral home. Oh, okay. Um, oh, wait, I didn't know I'm that. actually in Finland. Yeah, uh, but this is, and I'll, I'll tell you a tiny anecdote of it too, because like this is Finland. We don't have funeral homes as you do in the States where, you know, there's a mortician there who prepares the body and the bodies actually stay in, in that place. Here, the bodies are at the pathologist or in the hospital freezer or some, or at the chapel waiting for the burial, but we don't even do open caskets that often. It's it, apparently some people do, but not most people. So I'm working in this, this funeral office and um, this, this um, salesman comes by this door to door salesman comes in and says like, yeah, so I, I sell these air fresheners. So I figured you guys could use these. And I, I'm like, huh? You know, before I get it, like, you know, he thinks that I have like a pile of corpses in the back room. Right. <laughs> like, up the place. What the hell? You know, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but yeah, I did. I did. And then I had uh, the opportunity to go watch an autopsy. Mm. from behind the glass and of course i was like yeah that's metal as fuck you know let me guess the, is that was the mortician like listening to like carcass or something like that in the background while they were doing all that <laughs> i wish i was behind the glass so i don't know it could have been like anything it could have been anything but i gotta say like it didn't really face me either yeah really? you know? it's Oh, I could. Yeah, do it. there's just sort of a separation you kind of develop from it. You're just like it's just like this is work. You know what I mean? In a weird way, you're just like you're kind of just sort of removed from it. You know, I've I mean? heard of that from a lot of my friends that work in healthcare. Yeah, and and they have a really sick sense of humor about it too. Like, yeah, it's it, it's pretty like I'd be hanging out with them. I'd be like, did you just say that? Oh my <laughs> god, that's so dark. <laughs> and they're all just like <laughs> laughing. Yeah. Like, it was a part of my job to organize, or, or at least some, sometimes I would be in contact with the, 
the the people who go get the body if somebody dies at home or whatever like you know you need to transport the body out of there and yeah th those guys i i can't even repeat the jokes because it would be <laughs> offensive <laughs> i don't want anybody listening to this have any sort of thoughts about their parents or loved ones <laughs> yeah, from, from those comments ah. but i think you need that humor to, to deal. You know, oh, yeah. deal with us yeah you do. I, I think one of the awesome moments that I ever had in the OR is I walked into a room and they were just blasting like Black Flag, like through the speaker and everything. And I was like, all right, this is all. And I stuck around because it was like Black Flag, Motorhead, I think like uh, Rush. They played like, it was like a track from each, you know what I mean? Like Tom yeah. Sawyer played. It's, I was like, I'm not even going to leave this room for a while. This is a great soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It is. I, you know what? Next time I have surgery, I'm telling the doctor, hey, listen. I know that I'm going to be under, but you got to blast some metal. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Most of the time they put on like dance music and stuff like that. And it's just like, ugh. or I have one surgeon who puts on country all the time. And I'm just, Oh like, yeah, God. See, see, I wouldn't wake up from that surgery. Yeah. I would, it, would, it would kill me. <laughs> that would kill me. Nice. <laughs> Fuck. Like, why do I want to hear a song about like going to the river and going fishing and putting on my blue jeans in my back of my truck? You know, like <laughs> I don't, I don't need any of that in my life. Exactly. No, you need the songs where your shitty husband is cheating on you and you're just polishing up the barrel of your gun to get rid of the fucker. You know, I think that'll get you into the fighting mood that you need to rec recover from that surgery yeah, and you'll yeah. wake up enough to give in to that. You know. If I hear if I hear another fucking country song about kissing a girl under the bleachers or going down to the creek and going fishing or jumping in my pickup truck, I'm going to fucking <laughs> there puke. You go. No. Right. <laughs> Sorry. No, I agree. I'm, I'm right there with you. Bro country can suck. Never mind. Yeah. So, OK, I'm before back, we go, yeah. wash it. Why? <laughs> Washington, D.C. Should it be a state or not? Absolutely. 100%. Thank you. Thank you. One million percent. It's crazy that Wyoming and Vermont have smaller populations than the District of Columbia does. Like, that's and, the crazy thing. And they have two senators each. You have two like California has 10 percent of the population. They have two senators. So why does the District of Columbia, which has a greater population in both of those states, not have any representation? That's ridiculous. You know what? When I first moved here five years ago and into D.C., and I love how on City Hall they have the debt clock, but it's 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 how much taxes they've paid without yes. representation, and yes. it's always just counting up nonstop. <laughs> For those of you who aren't don't from love the area from DC, like we have our license plates, and they all say you know Washington DC taxation without representation. I love that. Have a too. nice big this to the federal government. Was it Marion Barry that did that? That, I, that, I don't remember. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised in the least if that was the case. One thing I'll say for the people that don't know Marion Barry, he was crazy, yeah. but he was also nicknamed mayor for life. And they just put a statue up of yeah, him. They did. And, and he was caught second. by the FBI doing crack in a hotel room. I was going to say, I think he was a crackhead, right? <laughs> <laughs> was but he's that? That, 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 okay, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not an, an American, but like, I think I remember that dude. Like, he was caught on those crazy videos, like, really, really picking out, yes. you know? Like, no, 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 that was the Canadian guy. 
Rob Ford. Oh, that's right. I'm, I'm kidding. And, and Marion Barry was asked about the Canadian guy, and he said, "Oh, he's got nothing on me. That guy sucks. He's like, <laughs> he never got busted by the FBI." You know? <laughs> wasn't it? Wasn't it Marion Barry who said the the famous line like "bitch set me up" or something like that? I'm not. I'm yeah, yeah. He was the one caught on tape saying that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, awesome. my friend. Thank you, guys. And keep. Keep us appraised of when the new videos come out so we can share it around. We are supposed to have a new video come out uh, this week. I believe it's supposed to air on Friday. Uh, it's it's 4.13, so that's our big upcoming thing. And okay, also, send us send us a message to let us know so we can... Yeah, also, any shows in the local area, because I'm in Richmond, I don't mind driving up to catch you guys, so... Okay, yeah, we'll definitely... So right now, I know we have some stuff that's going to be... We're scheduling for out of town right now, um, but I don't know if we're hitting Richmond. We might be hitting... Um, North, we might be hitting around Raleigh, Durham area. I don't know how far okay. that is for you. Well, either well, way, keep us posted. Thanks for taking the time. We'll do. Thank you guys. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Bye. Take care. It was really bye. nice meeting you. Bye. Likewise. Yeah. Bye. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road.